1: Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It's Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock, and me. Uh, Today we asked our insider subscribers, our football insider subscribers, to send us some true and false and fill in the blank questions. As always, they came through for us, so we talk a little bit about Baker Mayfield, uh, a little bit about the draft, uh, all sorts of stuff that our texters threw at us in this upcoming pod. Now, if you want to become one of our Football Insider subscribers so you can be one of our tech subscribers, you can get that newsletter delivered to your inbox every day, you can get access to exclusive stories uh, on our website, all you got to do is go to cleveland.com slash browns, click the blue banner at the top of the page, get info, get signed up. All right, here we go. Our Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. here we go on our thursday orange brown talk podcast our football insider subscribers send us some true or false and fill in the blank questions uh so we're going to go through those here over the next few minutes and we're going to start with big dog from columbus ohio thank you big dog for the name and the city uh true or false baker mayfield doesn't play a down in the 2022 season he does not specify whether it's in Cleveland, whether it's anywhere else, just true or false. Baker Mayfield does not play a down during the 2022 season.
2: You know, it's, it's a great question, big dog. Uh, thanks for getting us started with this. Uh, by the way, I'm sure you're loving Perry on Winfrey. You guys are going to hit it off famously. <laughs> um, but um, this is a great question. And we've gone back and forth over this, uh, a couple different iterations of this. And, uh, the longer it goes, I'm, I'm starting to wonder, I'm really starting to wonder if he's going to play in 2022, but I'm still going to say yes, because there are enough quarterback injuries, uh, that most guys, uh, that are at the level that Baker Mayfield is at are going to find their way onto the football field somehow for some team. So I'm going to say yes, that somebody ends up needing him and somebody ends up playing him in 2022.
0: Yeah, so this was a true and false question, right? right. I want to get Big Dog's wording correct here. <laughs> true or so, false. So true or false. So he, the statement is Baker Mayfield will not play a down.
1: Baker Mayfield, Mayfield on. Oh, true. Baker doesn't play, yeah, does not play a down in the 2022 season. Okay. So I'm saying
0: that's false. Yes. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to also say that is false for basically the reasoning Mary Kay laid out. I think eventually the quarterback landscape will shift. Obviously it might take some time and it might get kind of weird and it might get kind of a distraction for the Browns, which obviously nobody wants. Um, And it's not ideal obviously for Baker Mayfield to, ideally he would have left during draft weekend and he would be able to get settled with a new team because he is trying to resurrect his career. Um, And even though there was no trade partner that materialized during the draft, I think all, all it takes is like one injury for, for this landscape to shift again.
1: Yeah. I'm going to say false too, but like, you know, I, I always try to kind of trust my instincts on this stuff and it's always been like, okay, Baker's not, going to have to show up he's never going to wear a browns uniform again like i still believe all of that stuff but like the more we kind of keep passing these milestones you know the start of the free agency start of the league you know the immediate aftermath of the deshaun watson trade where you think okay now they're just going to move him or waive him the draft right like we were all ready for him to get we thought all, that was going to be the story of draft weekend right we we're just all on baker watching and then it like just doesn't happen and just the more and more of these markers that we pass it's like when is this going to happen because i you know i think the next sort of inflection point is mini camp that's when you know is baker going to show up because are they going to make him show up you know what's going to happen there and we're still about you know a little over a month away from that but we just kind of keep passing these these markers and it's start. it's like, I still believe he's not going to be a Cleveland Brown when training camp comes here, but we're getting closer and closer to training camp.
2: I know. I mean, we can say that all we want, but what is going to make him not be here for training camp? It's not going to be his own volition because he will show up. If he is on the roster, he has to show up and he will do that. He can't do anything conduct detrimental to the team and jeopardize his his $18.86 million contract. So he's got to follow the rules and obey and do what he's supposed to do. And I think he'll show up for mandatory minicamp. I don't think he's going to give them any little tiny shred of any evidence uh, that they can touch that guaranteed money. So I think he'll also be here for minicamp. Not sure he'll be completely ready to go. So they could probably, you know, sequester him a little bit during minicamp if they wanted to. And he could kind of just be working on his own, perhaps for the minicamp. I I don't know. Um, But what is going to cause him to not be around for training camp? Now, I said this the day that um, the Panthers were like, no, we're done. Uh, Well, in the end, what do they still have? They still have Sam Darnold and Matt Corral. okay. so I'm just I didn't buy it then and I'm still not buying it. And even though I've been told by sources that that's kind of dead in the water until it's over, in my mind, it's not over. We thought Deshaun Watson was over, didn't we? Um, So when you have when a team has an interest in a player until it's over, it's not done. So, you know, what if the Browns were like, okay, well, they wanted us to pay 14 million of that. Let's go back to them and tell them we'll pay 14 million if they also throw in a six round pick or something. You know what I mean? Like there's ways to, to craft this deal. And if you have somebody that was ever interested, you go back and you try to make the sale. It's sales 101. You try to close this, the sale. So they, there's them. Uh, Seattle Seahawks I can I can tell you, the Seattle Seahawks don't want to pay. They are they're playing chicken and they want to wait for the Browns to get desperate and cut him. And then they'll pick they'll happily pick him up. But um, you know, short of that, I, I don't know. I, I do think it, it's going to end up coming down to, some kind of an injury and the Browns are just going to have to hope and Baker Mayfield's just going to have to hope that there's some sort of fluky-ish inner in, injury that happens before the season
0: well and I do go ahead I, I was just going to say like I do sort of wonder if the shoulder like Mary Kay was talking about there like if it kind of becomes like a get out of jail free card of sorts like everyone can kind of use that but then it like would hurt his value, you know, I think on the market if they're saying he's not fully healthy and he can't, I don't know. But I also wonder, like, this idea that Baker wouldn't do anything to hurt guaranteed money. Like, we've seen reactionary Baker fairly recently here with posting that goodbye letter before anything actually happened. Like, I don't know, like, I, you know, common sense, I would think he wouldn't do anything to hurt that guaranteed money. But then I'm like, I don't know. Like, he, he can be kind of reactionary and not do things that have a lot of common sense sometimes.
1: Yeah. And I, I worry too, that we're getting so reliant on this idea of an injury that, you know, again, whoever has the injury is going to have to weigh, it sort of depends how far we are into things. They're going to have to weigh this idea of like, okay, do we want to just hand the ball to our backup? Who's been in our system, been in our building. We know him, we know what he can do or so we want to trade an asset and pay Baker Mayfield eighteen million dollars, and like we don't know that Baker is that much better than the backup, and he's got to come in and learn the system and learn his teammates and learn all of it. Just there, there probably is a scenario out there where an injury occurs and somebody's like Baker is the best option. But I also think like there's a lot of teams that would be perfectly fine with saying, you know, maybe it's not perfect, but we're going to hand the ball to our backup because he you know, you know, we've been working with this guy for months or years or whatever, like, let's just go with this guy instead of paying Baker 18 million and dealing with everything that comes along with it.
2: Yep. And I'll tell you what, it is entirely possible that he could be here for the whole season. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but the point you were just making there, Dan, uh, just because somebody does go down with an injury uh, you know, doesn't mean they're going to be on the phone with Andrew Barry saying, let's take that $18.86 million salary off your hands now and give you a second round pick. I mean, it just doesn't always work that way. There are a lot of teams uh, that like their backups and uh, don't want to upset the apple cart. And it is hard to come in and learn a new system right away unless you're plugging him right into a system that he already knows. Uh, so there, there's no guarantee that an injury will even do it. And I mean, this could just get weird. And Here's the other thing, and I wrote this the other day too on um, the Sunday of Draft Weekend, and that is, you know, the Browns just don't know what's happening with Deshaun Watson yet. I don't. I personally don't even know how the league can hand down any kind of sanctions before this season. I find that to be extremely difficult uh, to think that that could all get wrapped up by July. Or whatever, and then they know here's what we need to do with Deshaun Watson. I mean, they still have potentially 14 people and Deshaun Watson to talk to. And and if I were involved in this situation, I would want to just sit with it for a while and see what plays out and comes out of the civil suits a little bit, and also make sure that nothing else comes to light. You don't want to hand out a four game suspension and then there's another grand jury being convened, right? I mean, like I would like want to give this a little breathing room uh, before you rush into anything. So nobody knows where any of this is going. And we've talked about this before a little bit. Trevor Bauer uh, was just suspended for two full years. Now, I don't think necessarily that that is gonna have an enormous impact on what happens with Deshaun Watson, two different leagues, two different situations, and perhaps, you know, not much overlap in terms of, uh, what's going to happen there, but, but you never know. I mean, it's, you know, there's perception, there's PR, there's backlash, there's a lot of things to consider there. Um, so, you know, maybe the league will start to take its time a little bit more than, than it planned on it. So there's so many layers to this, so much involved in in this. But I will say that Andrew Berry is prepared to hang on to Baker Mayfield for the entire season if he has to. He's not going to get pushed around. He's not going to get told what to do. He's not going to let Baker Mayfield dictate what they do with him. They're certainly not going to make a decision just to make life easier for Baker Mayfield. That's not happening. That went out the window when he asked to be traded, when he had the brown starting job tossed back into his lap and he, i mean he never really had lost it at that point he was the brown starter for 2022 when he asked to be traded and then he came out and said the relationship is too far gone to be re- to be repaired and then he said he felt disrespected so i don't think there's this enormous motivation to make sure that everything turns out beautifully for baker mayfield i think quite frankly there annoyed about how all of this has gone down so uh if they have to hang on to him until the end of the season they they will and they've got the money to be able to do it it might dictate some other things that may or may not happen but they can absorb that 18.86 million dollar hit and in the event that Deshaun Watson is suspended for a lengthy period of time they have good quality backup in Baker Mayfield
0: I
1: still think Jacoby Brissett's the guy.
2: Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. I don't mean backup. backup. I, I still,
1: I, mean... I, I think even, I think the only way Baker plays is if it's like desperation time. Yeah. Like, oh my yes. God, Jacoby Brissett's hurt and Josh Dobbs got lost on his way to the airport. We got to play Baker Mayfield. But anyway, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the division here. Uh, Sarah in Solon, Ohio. The Browns will have a record of blank against the Steelers this season.
2: Is Deshaun Watson starting?
1: <laughs> right, that's see, right. Are they playing the Steelers in like week two and week fifteen, or are they playing both Steelers games after week eight?
0: <laughs> which they did last year.
1: They did, so, yeah. I think that first game was like it week, was eight, week eight, eight or nine.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was week eight. It was my first week, which is how I remember it. <laughs> yeah, but yes, they did play both games after like the halfway point and after last year.
2: Mm. It's a good question. We do not know who the quarterback's going to be. We just don't know. It's a great question. So I guess we're just going to have to answer it with the best information that we have right now. Um, they're, they're trying to keep those division games later in the season. So I'm going to say Deshaun will be back by then. I'm going to say 2-0. and 2-0 over the Steelers.
0: I'm going to say 1-1, one one, but only because I think maybe there's a possibility that Deshaun misses one of those games. But otherwise, I think, I think the Browns have the edge. I'm going to say one and one. I think
1: either way, I'm going to say one and one. I think that, I think that Steelers defense is, is still really good. I think their offense is going to be fine. Even if they're starting Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, I think Najee Harris was like, they overdrafted a running back, but it's a guy that they're just going to use. Oh, like they're going to wear that guy out by the time his rookie contract is over. Uh, they're going to have completely worn him out the way he helps them in the passing game and the ground game. Um, I'm gonna say one and one, regardless of of whether Deshaun Watson is there for both games. Maybe that's just me making up for all my my Steelers slander of the last
0: 365 games. <laughs> you got to find well, no. some way to get yourself off that bulletin board in the locker room.
2: You guys will you guys will probably be right. It's no matter what we know that the Steelers always find a way to win. They've never had a losing season under Mike Tomlin. It's so hard for the Browns to go into Pittsburgh and win, and I like some things they did in the draft, right? I mean, we know from uh, that George Pickens wasn't necessarily a fit for the Browns, but I mean, he could do a phenomenal job for, uh, for the Steelers. And then they got my guy, Calvin Austin, and I think he's going to do some things. And Chase Claypool is good. And, and Najee Harris is, uh, is really, really good. It's going to come down to Kenny Pickett, we think. I mean, I, I, I think he'll be ready to start. They should start him right away. And the defense, uh, the defense is always good. The defense is always, always good. And when you've got uh, T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward and those guys are healthy and, uh, and raring to go, anything can happen with that football team. And that's why uh, the Browns never did have to go 1-31. They, they, they did not have to, to do what they did in terms of uh, rebuilding like that you just got to keep it rolling. I mean, do the, do the new England Patriots, you know, just roll over because they don't have, you know, high picks. No, you just keep it going. So that was just such a bad strategy to, to do what they were trying to do there, which again, you know, we know it wasn't tanking. I've never believed it was that. Um, but you know, I don't know. I just think that, um, you're right. The steel, you guys are probably going to be right. The Steelers are going to be good enough to win one of those games. For some reason I said two and zero. I think I'm going to stick with that, but I think you guys are going to be right on that one.
0: I just even think back to this past year, you know, when they don't win a game against them and big Ben could barely throw the football, <laughs> like and it's still and obviously bigger may field like, that was a disaster, especially that last game against them when he just was telegraphing every pass and the Steelers like batted down five balls at the line, basically. Like I, I do just think though there are enough pieces there to challenge the Browns, even if like Deshaun Watson is playing, even if it's later in the year and the offense is kind of rolling, especially like like you were saying, Dan, with that defense, like it's pretty formidable if they're all healthy.
1: All right, this is a fun one. Um, And just so everyone knows, I'm kind of reading these as we go along. So uh, kind of doing this on the fly. This is a kicker question, but I like it. From uh, the 330 area code. Better late than never, but knowing how great Justin Tucker became, if a rookie kicker would have the exact same career as Tucker and he were available in next year's draft, you draft him with the blank overall pick. So you're basically drafting the clone of Justin Tucker and you're guaranteed – that this person is going to have Justin Tucker's career.
0: That's hard. <laughs> Pretty high is my answer, like right off the bat. Right, I mean, like, like, like
1: fourth favorite. round was high. Yeah, I feel like taking a kicker in the fourth round is the equivalent of like that's like the first round for kickers. Yeah. Uh, ever since you know the Bucks did their thing in the second round, and Janikowski went.
0: Janikowski was a first rounder, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're telling me that I can have a Hall of Fame kicker for the next like. 15 years like the, be- like,
1: like the best kicker ever
0: yeah if i like need a kicker first my first round pick that's fine for me if it's guaranteed
1: hmm. i think it depends what team you're putting him on to.
0: if it was like yeah if it was like like i said you would have the need would have to be there i think yeah. right to so like make it that high if you like you'd have teams, to be like
1: like on this browns roster where there weren't a million needs yeah. Yeah. I could take a, if I were getting Justin Tucker, yeah, I'd take him in the first round for sure.
2: I'd go low second, maybe high third. I, it's, you know, I, I think that's probably about where I'd go.
0: This is ironic considering you were pushing for Cade York at 99. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> I love it. So second round. Yeah. I don't think I'd go, I don't think I would go first because I still think that you should be able to find a dominant, game changing quarterback, defensive end or receiver. Um, whereas you could probably still get your kicker job done if you don't take a Justin Tucker, you can you can survive with a little bit less than that. So I think I'd still stick with maybe lowish second,
1: high third. I'll say this though, Justin Tucker had me scared to death in that second Ravens game this year. When they got that onside kick and it was like, oh, they only need like 15 yards to go and steal this game. And then that Monday night game, Tucker, I, I don't remember how long that field goal was that he hit, but it was like bad conditions. It was a little windy, I think. And he just drilled a long kick into the dog pound and won that Monday night
0: game for him. I mean, I mean it's like, we talk about it all the time. Like there's an argument to be made that Justin Tucker is the scariest team on the, or the scariest person <laughs> on that Ravens team. Like all they need to do is get to the 50 and they have a chance if it's close.
2: Yeah, pretty cool. It's pretty cool that he could do that. <laughs> but again, I, I don't know. First is a little rich for my blood for that even. I don't know why, but once again, I'm not going to change my answer on the test. I, my, I'm going with my first instinct. I like it.
1: All right, 865 area code. This is a two-parter. Jadavia and Clowney will sign with a team by blank. And most likely that team will be blank.
2: I'm going to say uh, by June 14th,
1: and that team will be the Cleveland Browns. Is that the, is that the start of minicamp?
0: Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, when's the last possible day he can sign? before <laughs> missing mandatory things because it will be then. Um, and I, I do, I do in my heart of hearts still think it's the Browns. I mean, I, I still can't get over the way Miles has been lobbying for him, which we know Miles just doesn't do to do like he does it with intention. And to Davian Clowney, there was a nice little back and forth that they had on social media. And that's relitigate relitigate that whole thing from a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I do think that they are going to be able to convince him to come back here but I do think it all comes down to money right it has to work for both sides which is what we've been talking about since like January
1: so whatever the time frame is I don't remember what it is when training camp opens however many days before your first game of the year it's going to be one day longer than that number and it's going to be with the Cleveland Browns so like (laughs) just whatever whatever day he's got to report for training camp yeah. he's, he's going to show up and they're going to have his contract ready to go. And uh, he will be a, a member of the, of the Cleveland Browns. Um, so I think we're all in agreement that he's going to be back here. It's just a matter of mm-hmm. when, and, Yep. you know, if he can get out a mandatory mini camp in the process, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. He
2: wants to wait until it's like 75 and sunny. Yeah. It's not always like that in mid
1: June here. That, that's true. Um, Let's see here. We've got a uh, – oh, a, here's a David Bell question. This is interesting. 330 area code. True or false, David Bell will lead the team in receiving within three years? That seems a little ambitious, but it's a good question.
2: Hmm. I'm going to say no, just because uh, he he's not the, the long ball guy, and I still think there's going to be an X receiver that leads – the Browns in receiving, it might not be Amari three years from now, but it will be somebody like him. They're going to, they're going to have their version of an X. And I think that guy will lead the team in receiving.
0: I was going to make a joke about it's going to be David Njoku still
2: (laughs) (laughs) Still playing on the
0: franchise. but. But no, I mean, I'm going to say false as well, just because like we know David Bell had like basically what Mary Kay said, right? Like he's not a deep threat. And I don't know how you lead the team in receiving if you aren't necessarily that unless we saw him totally transform and kind of become some speedster, which just has not been his style at all. We know he's a quote unquote, and I know I hate to use this term with NFL players, but a slower receiver who had high production at Purdue that now we have to see if that production transfers uh, up a level. And I I just don't see him being a leader like in that way. I don't think in reception yards.
2: Although, you know, when we say that, uh, hearing us talk about it makes me, you know, remember that, I mean, think of how unbelievably productive Jarvis was all those years in Miami in terms of at least receptions. Now from a, um, from a yardage standpoint, uh, you know, he wasn't breaking any records in terms of yards per reception. Uh, But, you know, he was leading the league with 117 catches. And I mean, you're going to rack up the yards if you're getting the ball that much. So if for some reason, David Bell turns out to be that good, um i guess that could happen but i'm i'm not i'm not feeling that that's the level we're going to be talking about
1: all right let's take a break and then let's get through a few more of these questions here and we are back on the orange and brown talk podcast so we have a super bowl question uh this comes from the 216 area code true or false the Browns' best chance of making it to a Super Bowl will be the next two years before salary cap issues set in. I'm, mm. I'm going to say false. I think they have a good chance of making it to the Super Bowl in the next two years. I, you know, when you trade for a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, you suddenly have a chance to be in that discussion. But I think, you know, we talked about this. They, they didn't give him five years and $230 million to like have this little tiny window. This is, this is going to be a long window and it'll, it'll evolve and change and they'll have to maybe change their team building approach. But this team is really good at managing the cap. We think we haven't seen them kind of have to manage a cap crunch yet now that how they go through that, but I think they're going to continue to roll over cap space. So that number is bigger and bigger every year. And I, I think they will be fine. You know, they'll have to part ways with some guys down the road, but as long as you, Assuming Deshaun Watson is healthy and playing like Deshaun Watson can play, that's your that, that's kind of your entry ticket into the discussion of being a contender every year.
2: I'm going to say false for this. I think there's going to be some bumps in the road these first couple of years that they're going to have to work out. Um, first year, uh, there's a chance that Deshaun might miss a chunk of games. If he doesn't, then he might miss those games in the second year. Uh, so I think there's going to be a little bit of a potential rocky road ahead over these first couple of years. I think they're going to have to work some things out. I think Kevin Stefanski is going to have to make sure that he really knows how to maximize Deshaun Watson's skills and Deshaun's going to have to adapt to whatever they have him doing and this particular playbook and this group of guys. Um, so there might be a, a little bit of a, of a learning curve. I could be wrong about that. But, um, but first and foremost, I think the reason why I'm saying false on this is because of the competition in the AFC. It is so fierce. Now, look if if he if he were in the NFC and and only had to get past a you know a couple of guys and those are um, you know then then I think the chances would be really good. But you're talking about some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL now, right here in the AFC. You're talking about Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert. I mean, the list goes Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) I forgot Patrick. I mean, the list goes on and on and it's just not going to be easy. It is not going to be easy for any of these elite quarterbacks to get to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I would say they're, I'm going to say false as well, basically for, for everything you guys have said already, but I will say, you know, like with this front office, when we talk about them, like in theory, we do believe like that Andrew Berry and this team are particularly good with cap space and like figuring out that and managing it. And, and that's why they're in these jobs. So it will be, I think a tougher test than what they've had, but when it comes to things I'm confident about with this front office managing the cap is the, maybe the biggest thing i think that we've seen from them so far um and yeah i mean when you take into account the fact that deshaun watson is probably going to miss some games within the next couple of years i think automatically your window extends beyond that because that might kind of put them out of contention to make it all the way to to the super bowl if he's out for an extended period in, in either of these next two seasons
1: I I think that's the interesting thing about this is like the, you know, so the Browns get their quarterback situation solved, but there's still like there is this arms race in the AFC that goes beyond just the quarterback position. I mean, you look at what the chargers have on offense. You look at, I mean, I still really like what the chiefs have on on their offense. I like that. They're just kind of, after trading Tyree kill, they're just kind of throwing a bunch of like receivers out there and they're going to see who works and who doesn't. And they're, they're just signing guys and they still have Travis Kelsey. They still have Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. Um, You know, Cincinnati has probably the best receiving core in the AFC. Denver's got a really good group. I There's, there's sort of like, it goes beyond the quarterback. There's these teams that just have really good offensive weapons. I think the Browns strength right now is, is probably their defense to go along with their quarterback and, and obviously their run game. Um, which is a question we're going to get to here in a second. So uh, I wouldn't even put the Browns as the favorite this year. I, you know, they're in the mix, but I, I think I would probably go a different direction if you made me pick like who's going to win the AFC this year, but they, they'd be on the short list of teams for sure to have a chance. Once you get, once you get to the playoffs, anything happens. Um, so there was a question about the run game and I, I, this is a true or false, poll we'll, we'll just make this an over under, uh, The Browns rushed for 2,471 yards last year. That's Jordan and Raleigh uh, giving us that number. And I fact-checked it. He is right. (laughs) So the question here now with Deshaun Watson in the fold, the offense is going to look different, but you also have a quarterback who has rushed for, uh, let me see, 551, 413, and 444 in his career. Um, Has never carried the ball a hundred times though. So he's, He's still more of a thrower over under 2,500 rushing yards for the Browns this year.
2: Mm, That's such a good question. Such a good question. I think they're going to be on offense more. I think that so I'm going to say over, I'm going to say over.
0: I'm going to say under, you said it was what? Like 2,200 Some this past year.
1: It was 24. 24-7
0: 24-7 okay. last year. Actually, I'm going to change my mind and also <laughs> going to go over that. I thought I had 22 in my mind. Um, yeah, I think there still is going to be plenty of room for Nick Chubb to do what he does in this offense, and then you have a quarterback who's who's more mobile. Um, I'll, I'll go with over 25. I'll say over
1: two in part because I think they'll have some games where they'll be kind of running the clock out, and that'll give Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and who knows, maybe even Jerome Ford, some opportunities to break off some big runs against tired defenses. So um, I, I think that's going to help them get over that, that 2,500 yard mark. I'm, I want to see here what they did in 2020. Um, so they actually ran for fewer yards in 2020. They ran for 2374 in 2020. So I, I think they're going to pass more. That, that just makes sense with a better quarterback. You're obviously a data driven organization an analytics driven organization that in itself is going to lend to you wanting to throw the ball more. Um, But I think there's going to be opportunities for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and these guys to really break some big runs and, uh, and, and kind of add to that total uh, as we go. Okay. A few more here. This one is so Mary Kay, we talked a little bit about this yesterday Um, but we'll bring it up here. I want to hear Ashley's opinion. True or false, Kareem Hunt may be on the trade block given the depth at
0: running back. Go ahead, Ashley. I think think partial true, right? Like we've kind of talked about this, that it it feels like a move that could be potentially because they're preparing for Kareem to not be here at a certain point, Um, whether that be a trade or for another reason. So I will... I'll say true that that helps with that depth in case that happens.
1: So I'll follow up though. Would you trade him?
0: I would not. I think he's too valuable. Um, and I don't, I'm kind of with Doug. I think Jerome Ford was kind of a, okay. Like it also felt like a, well, we don't know what else to do here. So let's take this guy. He, he had some decent production in one year at Cincinnati. Um, and not to say he can't turn into something more for them, but that's what it felt like to me. I think Kareem is just like they, they talk about, oh, he's so valuable, Jerome Ford, because he was, you know, got active in the past game at Cincy, but Kareem obviously already does that for you. Unless injuries started to pile up and Kareem lost some of his production, I don't know why you would part ways with him.
2: You know, I'm gonna say, I, I think I'm gonna say false on this for right now, because I still think that. They probably recognize how important Kareem can be to a team trying to go to the Super Bowl. In the event that Nick suffers an injury, I think you want Kareem to be able to, to jump in there and do what he does. And I think the one two punch of those guys, uh, I, I still think it's so valuable. And um, I think, if anything, uh, what they should probably try to do is maybe extend him for a couple of years and try to bring that uh, $6.25 million cap number down. That does seem a little, you know, maybe a little bit high for somebody going into the last year and you're not sure where it's all going. Um, so, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think necessarily that he's going to be on the trading block. If somebody comes in and knocks their socks off and loses a running back and, and really needs a workhorse back, Uh, then they would do it. But I don't think that they will seek to trade him.
1: And I, I just go back to this idea of like, you know, again, in the playoffs, it's one and done one play can kind of determine your fate. And as, as many guys as you have, that can make like that one sort of freakish play, whether it's, you know, clowny batting a ball in the air, right. Or Kareem hunt, Breaking a big run, or just being really difficult for a team to match up against, you know, in the passing game, whatever it is, the more guys you can have like that in January, the more chance you have to actually get to the Super Bowl. And so I, th- I think there does come a point where you have to draw that line of like value versus we are a better football team with this player, even if. And and again, I don't know even what you get for Kareem Hunt. We th- we mentioned this yesterday. I don't know if you get. I mean, do you get a third round pick? Is that is that worth? giving up a talent like that. If, if you're trying to win the Super Bowl, I think that that's sort of what you have to balance too.
2: Yeah, you do. But I mean, if a third round pick, it might start to make you think because of once again, as they move forward over the next couple of years, they're going to be without some high picks because of the Deshaun Watson trade. And because of the fact that he's going into the last year of his contract, if you don't see him as a long-term part of your future, and you're not planning on extending him, then a third round pick actually wouldn't be that bad. Um, So that might almost make you think, uh, but I think that would have to come to them. I, I I get the feeling that he's in their plans.
1: All right. One more draft question here. We'll wrap up on, on this one here. This comes from Jim and Boardman. The player the Browns had the chance to draft at number 44 before trading back that they'll most regret passing on is blank.
0: I have two. I think it's either going to be George Pickens or David Ojabo because they're in the division.
1: Ooh, Ojabo's and, a good one. I wasn't thinking about him. But yeah.
0: And I, I just think Ojabo like, got in the perfect landing spot with the Ravens. Jim Harbaugh to John Harbaugh. Same defensive coordinator as college. They'll be able to take their time with him. I think one of those two guys, it just feels, it would just be kind of like poetic in a bad way for, for the Browns.
2: <laughs> yeah. Those are good answers, Ashley. I probably wouldn't have thought about uh, David Ojabo right off the top of my head either. I, th- I keep thinking more in terms of receivers when I think of what they passed up um, with those picks. So, um, hmm, it's a good question because like we've talked about so many times before, I, I just don't know if um if George Pickens was somebody that they really, you know, had on their radar all that much. So I don't know about that one. Um, this, but this from the- is
1: like I'm I'm looking at the draft tracker here. This is like the Ashley nightmare right after they traded because it was David Ajabo like, and then Joshua Josh Pascal.
0: <laughs> Josh Pascal, all of my guys went. It was so oh. exciting to watch.
1: Go ahead, Mary Kay. <laughs>
2: hmm i'm still gonna say sky Moore.
1: that's, good, that's who yeah. i was thinking too
2: yeah i'm still gonna say sky Moore he i don't know something I, about him
1: i think he's really i think he's really interesting and in kind of how kevin likes to use some of these weird smaller receivers and do different things put them in the backfield and throw quick to them and i i was really intrigued by how some of those guys might have fit here um John Mechie's interesting too, right? He's the guy that the Texans mm-hmm. actually took with that pick. And yeah, he's a guy that I liked there. Um, so he, he's somebody to keep an eye on, but I think Sky Moore is kind of the the upside guy. And the thing about it is he's going somewhere that's going to make him look really good mm-hmm. in Kansas City. A great system, great quarterback. Like they're they're going to figure out a way to use Sky Moore in that offense. And I mean, if David Bell gets off to a slow start and Sky Moore is lighting it up for Kansas City, it, there's going to be some angst, I think, amongst Browns fans,
2: unless Perion Winfrey has nine sacks. By That's true. Midseason. <laughs>
0: Speaking of Perion Winfrey, I do want to say I know we're not gonna we're wrapping it up with the textures, but one of our textures, Rory from the Wisconsin Dells, suggested that Perion's nickname should be decaf, and I just wanted to say <laughs> I love that. We should ask him if he likes that nickname because I think that would be great.
2: Love it. Very funny.
1: Decaf Winfrey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still just like blown away by that, like, like, you know, sometimes there's like a something that happens in a TV show or something you watch and you think about it like all week and it just makes you laugh like that's what the Perry on Winfrey press conferences like every now and again I just think about the Perry on Winfrey zoom call and I just want to go punch a wall or something I don't know just bark at somebody.
2: Well, it's one of those that we will still be talking about 12 years from now. I mean, <laughs> s- sometimes in the media room, we, you know, we hearken back to days of yore and uh, funny interviews and things that happen. Uh, there is no doubt that we will be talking about the Perion Winfrey interview for years and years to come.
1: There's some classics. We've got to, we've got to go through some of them here on this pod at some point. Yep. Just the classic interview moments.
0: We should so, fantasy draft classic interview moments.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I I think we might have a couple people listening who, when I when I say Cam Irving had one of the all time greats, they'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah,
2: much. that was great.
1: All right. uh, That'll do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Thanks to our texters for coming through uh, with your questions. Obviously, we couldn't get to all of them, uh, but we appreciate them. They were fantastic, as always, and there will be other opportunities to uh, get those questions in. If you're not a football insider subscriber, it's cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get signed up. Mary Kay and Ashley, I will talk to you later.